Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien while she's away. Today I'll be sharing some insights and time-tested practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that means oneness, union, or unity, the bringing together of our attention and awareness with our essential spiritual nature to be restored to our original wholeness. Many people associate the term yoga with exercise. Kriya Yoga is a wider system including philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. As a medical doctor and longtime practitioner of Kriya Yoga, I have found it to be a comprehensive system for enhanced well-being on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. Today, we're going to explore Ayurveda, yoga, and the power of community. And I am joined by Davy Mueller, an Ayurvedic practitioner with degrees as a clinical Ayurvedic specialist and a master of Ayurveda. A member of the National Ayurvedic Medical Association, which is abbreviated NAMA, since 2003, Davy served for several years as a NAMA board member and conference manager. She currently serves as membership manager and is on the conference committee team preparing NAMA's upcoming 2015 Ayurveda Today conference, which will be held from April 9th to 12th in Newport Beach, California. Conference details can be found on NAMA's website, which is ayurvedanama.org. So Ayurveda and then M-A- N-A-M-A dot org. Welcome, Davy Mueller. I'm delighted that you could join us today on the Yoga Hour. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Before we begin to enter into our dialogue about the power of community, let's begin with a moment of meditation. Let's open our hearts and our minds to the divine. One reality, called by many names, is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone. within us, around us, and between us. 
In this moment, we simply let our attention move from the periphery of our awareness to the depths. We become aware of our breath, noticing its natural flow. Not trying to change it, just noticing inhalation and exhalation. Cool air entering the nostrils, warm air flowing out. We notice thoughts and feelings as they arise and pass away. We become aware of our essential nature beyond words and thoughts, beyond all change and phenomena, pure existence being, unmoving, unchanging, birthless, deathless being, peace emanating from the essence of our being, pervades the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. We abide in this peace and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. As part of our series on the journey of self-discovery, we are exploring what yoga and Ayurveda teach about the role of community. Let's start with a big picture. Both yoga and Ayurveda share the goal of realizing the truth of our divine nature and and living in harmony with that truth. Both yoga and Ayurveda understand that there is one reality expressing as all that is. Thus, everyone and everything is connected at the deepest level. One of the many meanings of the word yoga is union or wholeness. Yoga provides us with the means to experience the truth that we are not separate from each other or from God. We are forever in communion with the source of all that is. From this broad perspective, we can appreciate that we are always in community. So, Devi, again, welcome. Thank you. The word Ayurveda is usually translated as the science of life. What are the big picture teachings of Ayurveda on community? Well, it's interesting, and I I think that one of the things that we have to consider is that if we talk about Ayurveda as the science of life, what is not life? Everything in our experience on this plane, in this physical form, is life. And so what Ayurveda really is dealing with is every aspect of, of life. So it deals both with the individual and their health, their balance, but it deals with the community as well, and it deals with even the larger picture of the world, uh, humanity in, in total, uh, that trying to bring that kind of balanced state so that there is the experience of true health. And so the big picture of Ayurveda on community is that we do live in communities ever expanding and that in total the world itself, our, all humanity is one large community. But we are impacted very directly by those around us. We are very uh, in touch with the people and the experiences in our very uh, own worlds, in our very own villages and that it becomes incredibly important for us to find ways to do that in a healthy manner. So Ayurveda tells us that realistically, health is about living life in balance, and that means in our physical form as well as the interactions that we have with others and the interactions that we have across all cultures and across all of the different belief systems uh, it's just very important for Ayurveda, from an Ayurvedic standpoint that we recognize that there needs to be that balance. So from the larger perspective, that is probably the key element of what Ayurveda brings. 
Yes, indeed. And I think that uh, something that uh, both yoga and Ayurveda really share uh, is that although the uh, the practices often are inward turning practices, such as you know pranayama, which is um, uh, you know breathing um, exercises or control of the breath, or uh, meditation. Um, these practices are really meant to benefit us beyond the individual. Um, they're meant to assist the individual with the fullest expression in the world. So what are some ways that Ayurveda supports the individual in fully expressing in the world? Well, I think the interesting thing is if you actually look at Ayurveda, it is a, the science of it. It's a healthcare system. What that really means is that although those internal practices are certainly important and are used therapeutically and uh, in the daily lifestyle of, that, of a healthy, balanced person, Ayurveda's real focus is on the health and well-being, specifically of the physical form, recognizing that, of course, our physical, mental, emotional, and the subtle form that we exist in are all intertwined, that we can't take them apart. So Ayurveda, from uh, the, the comparison to yoga, Ayurveda is a much more outward-focused of science because it is about working with the, the, the pillars of life, about the, the diet, the, the, the sleep that we need to get, and the lifestyle that we live. It really focuses on those outward expressions and becomes very important and very... Um, dependent upon our interface that we have uh, with our jobs, with our families, with our communities at large, uh, in so very many ways. Ayurveda um, is one, is, is a science that really does require some inward looking in order to take the greatest advantage of and being, coming aware of self. But at the same time, it is an, an applied science. So it does mean that those of us who are practitioners, uh, we're actually working with people who were asking to take that inward journey to understand themselves, but then have to implement something in their life on a daily basis in a very uh, specific way to bring balance based on whatever imbalances they're experiencing. And so often that does uh, include their family specifically, but also their extended family in terms of their, their work and their, um, their volunteer aspects of their life and the, the other people that they actually interface with on a routine basis. So well, it indeed. does help, Ayurveda does help people to express fully in the world because it helps them find ways to find their own internal balance to give them the grounding to be able to really express in the world completely. Oh, I think that's really beautiful. The you know idea of self study just for self study's sake, um, you know, is is really you know not. A, it sounds like the idea in Ayurveda and certainly not in yoga. It really is about you know allowing ourselves to express ourselves you know fully. And when we think about how we spend our time. Um, a lot of time for most people is in the workday, you know, so we do spend it in, you know, communities in our workplace and as well as obviously in our family. Uh, so, you know, living that self-study of, you know, figuring out um, what you need and how to be balanced and how to potentially be more present um, obviously would have an impact on both our families and our workplaces. Absolutely. It's so, it's, and it's so important for us to keep that in mind, that what we do ripples out and actually does affect everyone around us. So as we begin to change, it begins to change the, the, the subtle arena around us, and that in turn uh, begins to have an impact on the people that we interface with. Indeed. So in uh, Patanjali's Ashtanga Yoga, or the eight-limbed path to self and God-realization, the very first or the kind of base of, of the eight limbs are the, these practices called yamas or restraints um, that are directed at helping us be in harmonious relationship with other people uh, in the world and include you know, practices that support being in community like harmlessness, truthfulness, and, and generosity. So what are the teachings of Ayurveda 
uh, about qualities that will support us in being in community? Well, I think that we have to go back to those three pillars. Um, we have to look at the things that the, the rishis have really expressed to us to help us understand what would bring us into balance. And the first, that first being diet. And when we're talking about diet, we're talking about the, the qualities of the food and, the, and the, the substances that we put into our bodies, the time when we put those, those foods in, when we are eating, when are the best times of the day, what food should I be eating. And that's completely dependent and, and variable um, based on the, the body's constitution and particularly when we're trying to, to bring back to balance an imbalance. Uh, the, the foods that we're taking in, the way that we're taking them in, the preparation around them, the, the way that we actually um, can sit quietly and be with and be aware of the food and the nutrition that comes in is so critical. So that's the first pillar. The second is sleep. We know that if we don't get enough sleep or if we sleep inappropriately or too much, it causes imbalances. So sleep becomes a real critical uh, pillar that supports us in health. And sleep uh, has a cycle. <clears throat> and that cycle is, is something that needs to be understood and that the person who is trying to bring the balance back needs to, to get very familiar with what sleep cycle is going to be best for them. There are the cycles of life that Ayurveda presents. Um, all are dependent upon the doshas. And you've probably heard of Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. Uh, yes. Those doshas go right back to the elements, and they are in cycle. They cycle through daily, they cycle through yearly, and they cycle through our entire life. So depending upon where we are, what's going on in our lifetime, what's going on in the year, where we are in the seasons, and then where we are in the day, there are specific things that really um, we should be doing at those times. And sleep is one of those that we have to make sure that we are getting enough of, uh, not too much of, that we're, uh, we are sleeping at times when our body can most uh, effectively regenerate. And so it becomes incredibly important, as we all know, if we don't get enough sleep or if we're, we're sleeping too much, uh, we just don't work well in the world. Things don't come together well. So sleep serves that incredible impor- important purpose of bringing back that, that balance by allowing our bodies to actually metabolize and do the things that it needs to do to cleanse and to, to move forward uh, for our health and well-being. The third is our daily, um, uh, the dinacharya. Uh, it, it, it is identified in the ancient writings as brahmacharya, which has to do with the control of the sexual energy. But it really is more expansive than that. It truly is about what we do on a daily basis. It's our lifestyle. Do we uh, arise at a time that the body then has time to, to move into the cycle of the day in a healthy and solid way? Do we uh, do the appropriate um, processes that are going to help support us? Do we do, we do abhyanga and uh, just the, the oral health, the scraping the tongue and preparing for being able to take food in? All of the, these little things that seem to be so simple really are not as simple because we – um, have to learn how to put them into the best order, do the, the, the use them the best way based on, again, our constitution or the imbalances that we're trying to deal with. So the, the qualities that, or the teachings that Ayurveda brings out that helps us be in community are those things that actually help us ground into our own life to be able to go into the world that, and deal with the stresses that come up in a really positive and, and supportive way and to be able to walk through our life with an enjoyment, with a taste for life. And that's so important in Ayurveda. We talk all the time about tastes. The, 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 the six tastes are so critical, but they are not just physical taste. It's about the joy, the taste, and, and the, the excitement, enthusiasm, and motivation for just existing in life in a general way. Savoring your life, so to speak. Yes. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that great overview. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Davey Mueller from the National Ayurvedic Medical Association. You can learn more about NAMA, N-A-M-A, at their website, ayurvedanama.org. Their annual conference will be held April 9th to 12th in Newport Beach, California. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien and discussing Ayurveda, yoga, and the power of community. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Reverend Paulette Pipe's voice has been called mesmerizing, the sound of spirit expressing in soothing honey tones. If you're one of the loyal listeners who tune in each week for her program, Touching the Stillness, you already know the power of her meditations. If her programs leave you wanting more, purchase one or both of her meditation CDs, Touching the Stillness, her first CD, and the newly released Resting in Stillness. This latest CD combines Paulette's alchemic voice with an original score by pianist Kelly Hunt and will transport you to a place of divine peace. Enliven your meditations with Reverend Paulette Pipe as your guide and take her soothing voice and peaceful presence with you wherever you go. Get your copy today. Go to www.unity.org and then click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on Shop at the top of the page. is a high cost to playing it safe. You have the power to overcome obstacles in your path and create positive changes in your career and personal life by taking smart risks. Move ahead with faith, confident that whatever the outcome, you can handle it. Don't you deserve more? Gain tools, tips, and insights when you listen to Dare to Live Fully with Helene Lerner and her guests. Thursdays at noon Central Time. Helene is also a television host, prolific author, expert on workplace issues, and founder of WomenWorking.com, one of the premier websites for women. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien. I'm joined today by Davy Mueller, Ayurvedic practitioner and membership manager for the National Ayurvedic Medical Association. Today we're discussing Ayurveda, yoga, and the power of community. In this segment, we'll be looking at some ways in which the community impacts the individual. In, in the Kriya Yoga tradition, there is a strong understanding that we are very much affected by our environment, including the types of people we interact with. Paramahansa Yogananda said, environment is stronger than willpower. If we want to be successful in our endeavors, then it is important to arrange conditions for that success, which includes establishing a supportive environment and participating in a supportive community. The awareness that the community plays a central role in Ayurvedic healing is illustrated by this quote, which actually you provided, Davy, um, from, and is it, am I saying it correctly, the Charaka Samhita? That's correct. Okay, the primary text of Ayurvedic medicine. So here's the quote, all the efforts of the four, physician, medicine, attendant, and patient, 
possessing requisite quality for the revival of the equilibrium of the datus or tissues in the event of their equilibrium being disturbed is known as therapeutics. So to put it, reverse it. So basically they look at therapeutically at the role of the physician, medicine, attendant, and patient. So this is a mouthful. So let's break it down, Davy. So what is this quotation saying? Uh, as I've studied this and, and many of, of my students and teachers that have had conversations around this, it is a mouthful. And it's a very important uh, statement because what it really tells us is that a physician or an Ayurvedic practitioner does not do the healing. We, are, we do not actually create healing. What we create is a channel for the healing of someone to be able to take place. And the patient has to be involved. This is so different than the the Western thought process where the the patient goes to the the doctor and is given a pill or a a therapy that they have to do, and that is expected to be the, the healing. In the Ayurvedic philosophy, it actually takes the wisdom and knowledge and understanding of the imbalance that the person is dealing with in order to bring in those kinds of treatments, those kinds of therapies that will actually bring balance back. The individual in Ayurveda has a much more, much deeper responsibility for their own health, for recognizing what's going on in their body, for being able to express and, and know what's happening so that they can give that, that kind of, of feedback to the physician, um, the, to the practitioner, uh, in a way that will help the practitioner understand and know how to make adjustments or changes to the medicine, to the therapies that they're going to give, uh, to be able to bring those, uh, the result of the balance of opposites that help to bring back true balance. And in that, there is also that fourth element, that the attendant. And we can think of that as the nurse, the person who actually helps. But in in so many cases, it goes so much more than just a single person that's helping. In so many ways, the attendant really is representative of the community, the support system within which healing takes place. If a patient uh, cannot get the kind of support that they need uh, to make the changes in their diet, to begin doing some of the, um, to letting go of some of the things that have been causing imbalance in their life. If they don't get that kind of support from family or from those around them, it makes that journey so much harder. So from that perspective, uh, that does just that very first section of the, the statement actually tells us that everybody has to be involved and that it's an open and ongoing conversation and it's a process so that all of them are involved and all of them have their place, but it takes all four to be able to actually move forward with healing. So what are some more specific ways that the community can contribute to an individual's healing in Ayurveda? Well, I think that one thing that is so important is the community that you exist in. If they are supportive and understanding and willing to be understanding of what you're trying to accomplish, if there, if you find that community, and and we so often see that people's communities change as they really work toward their own balance, their own healing, that they find that those who are negative, those who are naysayers, those who are who make fun and jeer, uh, they they find themselves beginning to re- to find the strength to move away from that kind of community and into a more solid, supportive community. And in situations, for example, where um, the the family may not be quite as supportive of someone who is trying to uh, really bring back that balance, it becomes even more important that their the the further community, the, their external community, the people that they affiliate with, um, going to a yoga class. Uh, 
taking some workshops that really help to connect them with other people of like mind. That community can give them the the drive, the motivation, the encouragement to really continue on the path of healing when uh, they may not find it otherwise. They may not, and they may not personally, and in if they had to do it alone, they would not be able to actually continue that because some of these things are major changes. They seem very simple, but to change the foods that you're eating, to change the time you're eating, to change the way that you're preparing the food, all of those, though simple in their surface, can be incredibly difficult if we are so um, inundated with our history and with the way our family has always done things. So it becomes very important to find community that help, can help support you through those changes and makes what you're doing seem normal. Mm-hmm. So I know you've been an Ayurvedic practitioner for a, quite a number of years. So can you give an example or a few examples of situations in which the community played a significant role in the healing of an individual? You know, I can. I've got a couple of really interesting things. And I one is um, a woman who has since passed on. Um, when I met her many years ago, uh, she was a vibrant older woman, uh, very strong and powerful. She had been a nurse all of her life, and she actually happened to uh, wander in to um, a meditation class that I was teaching. Mm-hmm. And she, I developed a really strong relationship with her over the years. Uh, she was so looking for people who were supportive and uh, who were inward-looking and who were willing to consider other things. She had some strained relationships with her family, um, so there was not a lot of support that she could uh, really take from from her own family. Uh, She had been a widow for many years, and her children just, they really weren't interested in, in her life or a lot of what was happening. So she was very active in her community in her in her community in terms of um, her work. She continued doing some property management and uh, she got very close to people, but she didn't have a community that she felt like she could really heal from. She uh, at the time was starting to suffer from uh, lung cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, she came in and we the community just really bonded around her. She was such a sweet person and interesting that everyone just enjoyed being around her, and she looked forward to those weekly meetings, the weekly classes that we had. And she actually, she lived another 10 years. Uh, She went into remission, and then uh, eventually the cancer did come back, and we we lost her about three years ago. Mm -hmm. But I really believe that it was part of the community effort and the connection that she had that kept her in um, in remission for as long as it did. So that was one example. Uh, the other example was a very interesting <clears throat> situation where I was actually working with a, a woman um, who said, told me that her husband had a very serious condition and that she wondered if I would be willing to, to meet with him. He had a digestive issue that um, the the internist was looking at uh, surgery as the solution. Uh, he came in to see me, and we started working together. <clears throat> and he had been so removed and in such a, a stressful situation that as we did start working together individually, one-on-one, we made some changes. And those changes in his diet, in his lifestyle, in bringing in peace and quiet times of the, the ideas of, of, a med- of meditation had never appealed to him. So we were able to bring it in in more of a focused way so that it didn't feel foreign to him. Uh, but as he did walk through those and was willing to uh, put the, the, the therapies into place because he was seeing such improvement, um, he became more willing to reach out and hit the relationship between he and his wife improved. He began going to yoga classes with her and started really surrounding himself a lot more with this community support. And the last time that I had seen him, the uh, surgery had been taken off the table. 
it was no longer even uh, an option that the the doctor was considering. You know, the the physician said, "Well, we'll we'll wait and see. We'll keep an eye on it, but things are looking really good." So I think that it was largely um, his ability to open to the community, and then that whole community support began to really shift his awareness and his ability to heal. Yeah, I think those are great examples of of how the community can really support an individual. How about the flip side of that? So do you have examples uh, where of situations where you've seen an individual's healing really then contribute to uh, a stronger community? I do. I have one specific that is just it just really amazes me every time I think about it and I I worked for many, many years um, with a group of cancer survivors uh, with meditation and really uh, just helping them kind of recover in a, in a way where they could feel safe, where they could be with people who understood what they were going through. And it was a, just an, an amazing experience for me uh, because I had not uh, interfaced with that many people recovering some, from so many different types of cancers. And so it was interesting to see the, the commonalities and the, the divergences and what really can happen uh, to someone's life when they um, are going through the process of, of uh, t- trying to recover health from a really dramatic illness. And one person in, in particular, the woman that was part of the group and we worked through uh, as, as a group and also an individual setting uh, to, to really implement the, the various practices into her life. And as she began to recover and get greater health, she recognized how important it was. She had always been in the technical world and had been very in a very stressful, high-powered position. Um, so she had had a, a lot that had been offered to um, the, the business world, but she realized she could no longer do that. The stronger that she got as she healed, the more she wanted to be able to give back. And so it was because of her own healing that she decided to go back to school to completely retrain. She eventually did get her Ph.D. in community health and has been reaching out now to, uh, in some really amazing ways to work with um, cancer recovery groups and as a contributor to community health in our area in just a, a wonderful way. So that was a very exciting, and it, it does still make me feel, it, it, it just brings up such a, a positive emotion for me when I think about her journey and how she has now uh, reached out and really touched so many more lives. Oh, it's such a great example, you know, of how an individual's healing then really can contribute to the strength and vibrancy of, of the community. So we've talked about how the community affects the, can affect the individual, can support the individual, and then how the individual can give back to the community. Looking at the uh, Ayurvedic uh, practitioner or indeed any healer, uh, physician uh, themselves, how can the community be a support for that healer, for, for you know, for the, um, you know, from your perspective, from the Ayurvedic practitioner, now that Ayurveda is really growing? Absolutely. And as it is growing, that is, is beneficial and will continue to, to really be a supportive way. But we are still a small community. We still um, are, we have areas in the country where there may only be one person that actually is practicing, who has gone through the training and is practicing it at some level um, as an Ayurvedic health counselor or as an Ayurvedic practitioner. Um, So we are in many ways quite remote. Here in California, we have a a good number of practitioners, and yet even in these areas where we have high population and in consideration, uh, there are very few of us. So the, the community is incredibly important for us to come together. So not only do we have to exist in our own communities and look for opportunities to share what we have, have gained, the wisdom of Ayurveda, but we also, uh, it's very important for us to come together as a community, which is one of the reasons that NAMA actually has the conferences, is to give the opportunity for people to come together, to be a part of a community where 
everything that you're talking about is understood and it's the the opportunity to share that experience of being in school all over again and to really support one another, to find out what you're doing that's supporting um, the, the, your clients, your patients, to, uh, to look at new, new thoughts, to look at new products, to talk about um, case studies. And, and here's an issue I'm having with someone. I'm not sure where to go. Do you have any ideas? The community makes the, pro- the practice so much more um, doable when we can bring the, the community of, of Ayurvedic practitioners together. So it, it is um, a critical effort, uh, element for us to be able to have those times when we can network, be together, be in that kind of role. Because we're, when we come together uh, with a commitment to, the, to uh, something like Ayurveda, which is uh, such a... Um, it's such a, a different uh, idea in still in, in so many cases, even though we're be, it's becoming more well accepted, there's just this feeling of we don't have to fight the system alone, that there's this platform where we can share and can find constructive solutions, where we can really reach for genuine growth, both personally and professionally. And it literally great. helps to become aligned. That's great. Um, so it's time to turn to the break, but when we come back, we are really going to be talking more about the community of Ayurveda. You're listening to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for regular host Yogacharya O'Brien, and today's guest is Davy Mueller, Ayurvedic practitioner and part of the planning committee for NAMA's annual conference, which will be held on April 9th to 12th in Newport Beach, California. The conference program and details can be found on NAMA's website, which is ayurvedanama.org. Uh, again, Ayurveda, I-A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A, and then Nama, N-A-M-A dot org. So, Davey, did you have anything you wanted to say about the upcoming conference? Oh, thank you. Yes, this is going to be a really exciting conference. It is the 15th anniversary of NAMA's work here in the U.S., and we are so excited to be able to bring in researchers and clinical uh, clinicians and interesting presentations that will let everybody who joins us uh, take away something that they can take back and use in their life. And, and I believe there's an early done, bird, yeah. I was going to say, I believe there's an early February bird discount, 8. yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Registration by February 28th includes a discount, so be sure to go to the website. Excellent. So here at the Yoga Hour, we welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour.fm. Please stay with us. We'll be right back to explore more about the community of Ayurveda. talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, 
confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org, and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. My guest today is Davy Mueller who is an Ayurvedic practitioner and membership director for NAMA, the National Ayurvedic Medical Association. And again, their website is ayurvedanama.org. So both Ayurveda and yoga have had remarkable growth over the last several years, which even seems to be accelerating. So small, even small towns are likely to have a yoga studio, and the greeting namaste has entered the vernacular. So what, David, what do you, do you see about, uh, differences from the yoga community now compared to, say, 25 years ago? Well, from the Ayurveda community, um, 25 years ago, it was almost non-existent. Uh, I've been actively involved for the last 13 years myself. Um, and 25 years ago, some of the, the, founding members of NAMA actually would tell us, tell you that it was a divergent group of people that had no real connection. They were all kind of going their own way. There were no schools or communities that really were supporting the growth of Ayurveda at that time. It was that off kind of person that was doing something weird over there that might have been to India, and now here they were. So 25 years ago in the U.S., the Ayurvedic community truly didn't exist in terms of what we would really identify as a community. So the major change is that now we can we can actually go into various locations. We can go into to some of those small cities, and we actually can uh, say the word Ayurveda, and it's not quite as foreign. It's not quite as as recognized as yoga, of course, but it is becoming less and less of a foreign thought. Can you comment on how Ayurveda is viewed currently within the larger healthcare community? For example, I know here at, you know, in San Diego, where I am, uh, at University of California, San Diego, there's a practitioner in their uh, complementary uh, medicine, alternative and complementary medicine area that's actually practicing uh, um, yoga therapy and Ayurveda. So what's your view of how uh, healthcare is now looking at Ayurveda? Well, it varies across the country. Um, in California and uh, New Mexico, Wisconsin, uh, or excuse me, Minnesota, and a couple of other places, there uh, the concept of health freedom has allowed uh, Ayurveda Ayurvedic practitioners to actually practice and develop uh, much stronger communities. Um, in most of the country, uh, it's, it's still an unheard of practice. We do have in certain areas. Um, those kind of supportive integrated physicians or integrative clinics where there is um, the Ayurveda is being brought in uh, as one of the CAM therapies. Um, it's, so it does have, um, in one group, it has a real positive growth opportunity. And yet there are still uh, physicians, uh, doctors, other healthcare practitioners who uh, do not in any way support um, Ayurveda coming into the the culture. 
Um, they think of it as, you know, that, that weird kind of woo-woo coming from nowhere. So it really crosses the gamut of that. But we are seeing more and more physicians and nurses and uh, other licensed healthcare, Western licensed healthcare practitioners that are being drawn in. So as our community draws more of of that type of a practitioner in, um, the stronger the connection to the healthcare system will become. So along those lines, what role is uh, NAMA or um, the organization that you've been a part of for you know so many years, the National Ayurvedic Medical Association? What role is NAMA playing in the development of Ayurveda as an accepted healing modality? Well, NAMA is really dedicated to provide leadership within the Ayurvedic profession to promote a real positive vision for Ayurveda and the holistic uh, approach to health and wellness. Uh, the way that we carry out that mission is through actually the development of standards and supporting um, methodologies for people to practice, to, to make sure that we are growing together and that we're, we're really um, opening doors that can bring people together. Uh, we do that through the development of these standards. We do that through uh, being able to really look at ways that we can make sure that we are a self-regulating body. Um, there, in order to become uh, really accepted, there has to be a regulation to, to assure that the public safety is considered. And so NAMA is, is serving that role in a, to a great extent and has worked for years to develop standards, scopes of practice for the various um, practitioners. Um, we're working toward competency-based exams. So everything that we put into place, uh, what in the Western world is considered and needed to make it a viable profession and to actually give it the credence and the credibility that uh, the public can rely upon. And that's one of the things that we do as well as the education. Uh, we, we support the education. We are, we are not an educator, but we do support those education, um, the, the schools of Ayurveda that have developed in, in the country. And we are uh, also supported through the presentations and the educational opportunities that we have at our conferences. So as you look out over the next five to ten years, what is your hope for the Ayurveda, for the Ayurvedic community and for the role that that community can play in individual and planetary healing? Yeah. You know, it, it really is, it, it is our mission to, um, to preserve and protect, improve and promote the philosophy of, of Ayurveda so that um, the practice can literally be available and people can be aware of it so that it can benefit the community because our real goal with that is to begin to empower individuals, communities, and all humanity to achieve health and well-being through the use of the Ayurvedic principles and practices. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big goal. It's a, a distant and intention, but it is something that we so look forward to bringing this amazing um, information. Wonderful. It's a great vision. Uh, the healing of uh, everyone and the planet. I love it. Uh, so you've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It has been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, sitting in for Yogacharya O'Brien. We've been discussing Ayurveda, yoga, and the power of community um, with uh, our guest, Davy Mueller, who is an Ayurvedic practitioner and uh, associated with NAMA's upcoming conference. Um, you can find more about the National Ayurvedic Medical Association at their website, ayurvedanama.org. Thank you, Davy Mueller, for joining us today. It's my pleasure. You can join us next week for an encore presentation of Yoga, Ecology, and the Divine Feminine, where Pandit Rajmani Tiganut, the spiritual head of the Himalayan Institute, joins Yogacharya O'Brien for an inspired look at how the eternal powers of spirit and nature, or Purusha and Prakriti, are both within us. 
For information about the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, or CSE, please visit csecenter.org. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes. I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all that you meet. Thanks to Jeff in the sound booth, and I will um, hopefully uh, be talking with you all again at a future uh, upcoming yoga hour. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you. But God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Every moment we live can be holy. And all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer. And by using our innate creativity with intention in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression.
Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.